Yo, what is up folks? Welcome to another episode of the WIMS Podcast, or this was affectionately known as the Who Is Mr. Slade Podcast. I am your host, Mr. Slade. So I've been away for such a while, been dealing with mental health issues and other things. I'm all amongst a pile of shit that's been known as the thing we call life. I decided I'm going to go with a different format this episode. I normally just take one topic and I just talk about it for a while. So this episode, bear with me here. I'm going to try to just do segments. Excuse me. I'm going to try to do segments. I'm going to try my best to try to uh, do these segments here. So bear with me again. All right. So the first thing that I want to talk about is the NFL draft. Oh, shit. Sorry. I'm walking around when I do this, and I just hit my leg on something. So here goes. I'm talking about Green Bay Packers, the Green Bay Packers draft picks that I seen up until like, because I think I fell asleep. I got the, I think I stopped watching after like the third round. So I only know like the first two, the first three picks that they picked up, which were in the first round they drafted Jair Alexander out of Louisville. Who's also from Charlotte, North Carolina, my dad. North Carolina's own. Praise up. Whoop, whoop. But, yeah, here's my initial thoughts. Like, because Green Bay originally had the 14th pick in the draft after going 79. So, they had the 15th pick. Or, yeah, 14, 15th pick, whatever. And, so, as they get to the pick, I'm like, all right, we're probably going to get Marcus Davenport because we need an edge rusher. And they traded the pick to the Saints, and the Saints picked up Marcus Davenport. I was so pissed off. I was so angry. I'm just like, I'm like, damn it. I said, somebody get Ted Thompson the fuck out of that room because I'm pretty sure it was Ted Thompson's punk ass who probably did that. I said, he probably did that and then they drug him out of the room and whooped his ass promptly. But I digress. So after that happened and then they traded up, like the 18th pick came, which was the Seahawks, and the Packers traded up for the 18th pick, which became Jay Alexander. And I was all right, good. Good because... Green Bay is for the longest time. They haven't had any corners. Like that's been the main issue on Green Bay's defense is cor- uh, secondary. Secondary always has been trash since for a while now. I can't even remember a time where Green Bay had a good secondary. But like I say that first round they drafted Jay Alexander. Then the second round they drafted uh, Josh Jones. Not Josh Jones. Josh Johnson. Josh. Jo- it's Josh something. He was another corner they drafted out of Iowa State, which a lot of Packers fans were like that. That was the one corner that almost like any Packers fan that I've seen or know wanted. So that one was a good pickup. So I was pretty excited for getting that pick. And then the third round, we drafted a linebacker named Oren Burks. If that's his name, I'm not mistaken. Which was another good pickup because, like I said, it was trying to bolster up the defense. Because, like I said, with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback, I mean, hell, the offensive, the offensive come. Like I said, along with having Devontae Adams, Jimmy Graham, hopefully Geronimo Ellison picks up, has a good uh, third year, Trevor Davis, Michael Clark, et cetera, et cetera. Like, you know, there's like a lot of, there's a, poten- there's a lot of potential. With Green Bay's receiver core, or Randall Cobb. Sorry, I forgot him. And 
like I said, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm pretty excited for this season. Like I said, I've seen the schedule. I see that we open up the, we open up at Lambeau Field against the Chicago Bears, which should be a good game because, like I said, I'm not going, like a lot of Packers fans, I hope we'll beat the Bears. I'm not going to count the Bears out because the Bears, and out of the whole NFC North, the Bears have probably done the most, like in terms of like bolstering up their roster and everything. And they actually put some weapons around Mr. Trubisky, along with the, uh, the two-headed running back tandem of Tariq Cohen and Jordan Howard. They actually have receivers now, so it's going to be kind of that's going to be kind of an interesting game. Kind of curious to see how the Packers defense will look. This new look defense that we've been talking about this whole offseason. But the only thing I'm really excited for with this, the new defense is this new like front defensive four, the front four with like Kenny Clark, Muhammad Wilkerson, and Mike Daniels. I'm so excited to see how that works. And like I said, we also got um we also got Nick Perry and um Clay Matthews coming back. Hopefully Clay Matthews actually gets his head out of his ass and actually has a decent year this year. I say Blake Martinez. So I said there's some there's all like, like I've been saying for years that the Packers defense have had like they've got solid pieces. They just had a trash coordinator, Dom Capers. Fuck Dom Capers, by the way. But it was just they had trash a trash scheme. But now since they have Mike Patine as the new defensive coordinator, I'm hoping that he actually switches up the defense, which a lot of people are saying that he is and that are, um, I said, because this guy has also had top 10 defenses wherever he's been. So, this should be an interesting season with the Packers and the defense and this offense. And then, like I said, they're working. And they're also now, I think in July, they're supposed to have this deal. Green Bay's supposed to have a deal done for Aaron Rodgers for like 30 mil or whatever. Which, a lot of Packers are like, well, he, I'm like, look, he fucking deserves it. This man has carried Green Bay for like the past seven years. And they haven't gotten him any help or defense or anything. So, damn it, he deserves this money. And then, oh, he don't shut the hell up. He deserves it. But I digress. Whew. All right. That was my Green Bay slash Green Bay thoughts. All right. My next topic will be about my Houston Rockets. Oh, my God. They've, they've had me nervous this playoff series. Like, I've watched both series. Series that they played, where they played the Jet, or they played the Minnesota Timberwolves in the first round, beat them in five. Pretty good series, like it was a pretty good series. Like it was a few of them games, I was nervous. Like James Harden's inconsistency is a thing, is a bit concerning in my opinion. And Chris Paul's, like also inconsistent. Well, most of the team itself has been the only person to me that's been somewhat consistent in both rounds is Clint Capella. In terms of like defensively, like he's been there, <clears throat> especially in that game against um, especially in I think it was Game Four against the Jazz, he was blocking everything. When my man had like thirteen rebounds, fifteen points, and like six blocks, I was like, yes, that's what we need. And like I said, Game Four or Game Five had me nervous against the Jazz because like I said, Donovan Mitchell who I think should be Rookie of the Year, but that'll be for another video. Donovan Mitchell outscored the Rockets in the third quarter. He was going off. And like I said, I think that kid has a 
that kid has a hell of a upside. Like the jazz, if there are any jazz fans listening to this, like I said, it was a hell of, it was a good series. You guys got a stud in Donovan Mitchell. That dude was hooping. But, however, all right, for this Western Conference final series against the reigning defending NBA champion Golden State Warriors, there's a, to me here, their keys to winning are, for one, cut all that iso ball shit out. Iso ball will not work against Golden State. James Harden knows this firsthand because the two series, like the first time that they went in the Western Conference Finals, I want to say it was 2014. Whew, sorry. Like the first series in 2014, that's when they had Dwight Howard, Jason Jerry, Josh Smith, Corey Brewer, et cetera, et cetera. But that series, the reason I said we lost, or I said we, Rockets lost in five, and a lot of it was, there was no ball movement. Like to beat Golden State, you got to have all hands on deck to beat Golden State. You got to have, you got to have crisp ball movement. You got to have great shot selection, and you actually have to be exploit, exploit miss. Like that's when exploit mismatches is like super against them. Especially that that death lineup that they have. You have to. The one thing I would say the most is exploit. You got to exploit um, the Draymond Green size. Especially, like I said, on the on the death lineup, he's only six seven. So if you had like a low post guy who could score in the paint and shoot, that would be like ideal. But I digress again. Like for me, in order for Houston to win this series against Golden State, they're gonna like. Everybody is gonna have to play their best. Like Chris Paul and James Harden can't have bad. They can't have a bad series. Or then like there was a few, like a few times in uh, the series. I want to say it was against uh, Minnesota, where it was a few times in the series where they were up big, and then like they have Harden on the bench, and then like Min or it was Utah. They were up big, and then Utah will make a run and get back into it. And it's like, look, you can't do that against Golden State. If you're up big, you got to, like, especially with a team like Golden State, you got to keep your foot on their neck because Golden State shooters, Golden State shooters will bring them right back into the game. And also, too, another reason why ISO ball doesn't work against Golden State is they have they have too many great individual defenders outside of you know Draymond Clay KD's a good individual defender regardless of what people say about Steph Curry being a bad defender he's an average he's he's not a terrible defender but he's not a lockdown either he's about average so that like I said they play good team defense they switch well there's a lot of things that like I said I could talk about Golden State all day, about how well they do things, as much as everybody hates them. But that's a team. Like, Houston's going to have to be on it because there's so certain little lapses and stuff that they were having against, like, Minnesota and Utah is not going to work against uh, Golden State. Like, the spirits where Houston couldn't buy a basket will not work against Golden State. Dumb shots, terrible shot selections will not work against Golden State. Like they're gonna have to be 
smarter, efficient, and they're going to have to punch Golden State in the mouth. Like, not physically punch them in the mouth, but they're going to have to go at them. They're going to have to, as quote Kenny Smith said, they're going to have to make Golden State very uncomfortable. Make them play outside of their comforts to win. And if Houston can do any of those things, like I said, they can, they can, I think they can win the series. I think they have a chance. I know a lot of media outlets have Golden State winning in like five or six. And I doubt that. I highly doubt it. I think if Golden State wins, I think Golden State will have to, they're going to have to fight to win this one. And I really hope Houston wins it being a Rockets fan. Because like I said, this year has been, this has probably been like the best year I've seen them like in terms of play ba- uh, basketball-wise. This has been probably one of their best years. So, like I said, it would be kind of a shame if they came up short. But I'm hoping they win. All right. That's the my Houston Rockets, my Houston Rockets talk. And my next thing I'm going to talk about is Infinity War. I'm going to go ahead and put the disclaimer out there, warning. This part of my this part of my um, podcast may contain spoilers. Like I said, if you haven't seen Infinity War, please go out and see it. And like I said, if you haven't seen it, this may be the time that you turn off my the podcast and do something else because I will there will be spoilers. If that being said, if you're comfortable with spoilers or if you've turned off. Here we go. I thought Infinity War was amazing. Thanos was a beast. As well as he should be. As well like I said, bring him into the movie. He had to have like that complete badassness that, you know, Thanos has. Granted, like I said, they deviated a bit from the comics. Like I had my few like I said, I have a few issues that I have with the movie. Like my first issue being that they made the Black Order weak as fuck in this movie. Like, the Black Order, which was, um, if you've seen the movie, um, Ebony Maul, Corvius Grave, Proxima Midnight, and Black Dwarf. I forgot his, his new, the rename they gave him. Sounds dumb as hell, by the way. But, Black Dwarf, they were the only four. Which, another thing, they were missing, actually, two of the um, Black Order. They were missing Supergiant. There's another one they're missing. I can't think of. I can't think of the name right now. But yeah, they were missing too. So, like I said, out of my, out of whole, the whole Black Order, Ebony Maul was like my favorite character, just because like his, his whole character was just badass. That was my first issue. They made the Black Order weak. Like they had Proxima Midnight getting, like they had Black Widow. Going like going toe to toe with freaking um, Proxima Midnight, which was complete bullshit. Like if you, it's like that. Like, come on, like really? You have like a regular ass human going against like this alien who's like who has like power, this somewhat power alien. All right, so that was the first issue. Like I just didn't have I. That part just didn't kind of seem believable, and I felt like. Ebony Maul should have been the last. Ebony Maul honestly should have been the last. Um, should have been the last member of the Black Order to die, like, instead of him being the first. Because like I said, Ebony Maul was nasty. Another issue I had was yes, I, 
And I'm going to address the very beginning of the movie where Hulk fights Thanos and gets his ass whooped. Gets sauteed. Motherfucker was barbecue chicken, as Shaq would say. But the problem that I had with that, the problem that I had afterwards was they had Hulk like, like every time Banner would try to turn into Hulk, Hulk was like, no! It was like, and like I've read a lot of fan theories about it, how fans were saying I, it was maybe Hulk being tired of saving Banner or some deal like that. But in my mind, in my opinion, is if Hulk gets his, like Hulk is fault, anytime Hulk is fault, people stronger than him, Hulk always comes back and like fights him again. And, and like I said, I get it from a standpoint, like they made, they had to make Thanos look like a complete badass. And that's, that was the one thing that I guess, that was one of the few things I like because it made him like seem so badass that Hulk didn't really want it. Hulk didn't even want to come back out to fight him again. They made like Banner relegate to being jumping the Hulk Buster armor to fight, which is a bit funny if you really think about it. The armor that uh, Stark used to fight him, he ended up using to fight against them um, to use the fight in Infinity War. <sighs> And another thing that I, this might be me nitpicking, but another issue that I kind of had was, I believe in the comic books, like, like, I'm surprised they didn't have a lot more interaction with Drax and Thanos. Because, you know, in the comic books, like I said, if you go by the comic books, like Drax, one of Drax's abilities is he, he's able to locate Thanos. I'm not, I, I know the earlier incarnations of Drax, like, he had, like, all these beams and stuff, like, so they kind of toned down a lot of his powers. But, like, there was a one comic that I think I always, I've seen where Drax ripped Thanos' heart out of his chest. So, I'm, I'm surprised, like, they didn't let Drax actually go toe-to-toe with Thanos with that, like, being that, with that kind of history. Like, also, that being that Thanos can, well, Drax can track him. And... That was my. That's just. It just may be me. More or less, that's just be me. Me. Me nitpicking. Me nitpicking. But like I said, I'm not bashing Infinity War. Like I said, it was a great movie. I said Thanos is. Pro Thanos is like the best villain that they've came out with in the Marvel verse. Like he su he surpasses uh, Killmonger by like a by like a small margin. Um. Another, like, those are, like, the main, like, three issues that I kind of had. But, like, when it came to, like, characters, like, who had, like, the who the most. Sorry about that. My phone was going off while I'm doing my podcast. Ain't that some shit. However, I digress. Back to the subject. So, my favorite characters in Infinity War were Cap. Like, when Cap pulled up whenever, um. When Proxima Midnight in the Corvius Grave was trying to kill um, Scarlet Witch and um, Vision. Man, Vision took so many damn L's in the movie. But that's a, I'll get to that in a minute. Um, but when Cap pulled up, I was like, yeah, come on, get his ass, Cap. Cap came through throwing hands. Even in the uh, scene where Cap was throwing, trying to throw hands with Thanos, I was still, I was hacked for him. Um, Stark, Iron Man. And this movie was phenomenal. Like character-wise, they kind of made him. They actually made him 
Like, he was actually one of the only few people that went toe-to-toe with Thanos. Like, I'm just a human with armor. Doctor Strange. And last, but certainly not least, motherfucking Thor. Nigga, when Thor got that hammer, came through in Wakanda when they were fighting, hot there, bring me Thanos! And I was like, yes! That shit had me hyped when he came when he came from the sky with uh, Groot and Raccoon with Rocket. And just was handing out work. Another character that Spider Man did his thing too. And the most the disappointing the most disappointing character in the movie to me was Star Lord. I like a lot of people. Oh wait, why? Because man, they had dude. They could have stopped Thanos. When uh, when you had a madness on his head, had him like trying to put him to sleep, and they had him under control, restraint, and Spider Man was trying to almost had the damn gauntlet off, but then he caught feelings and fucked it up. I was like, damn it, Star Lord, come on, man. Because uh, in order for Thanos to get the Soul Stone, he had to kill uh, Gamora. But I just I don't know. It was a good movie. It was action packed from the start to finish, which I was hyped for. And so just. It was a roller coaster ride throughout the whole movie. Like I can't wait to see, I can't wait to see Captain Marvel when it drops. I'm kind of because now, like I like how they ended. Um, I really love how they ended uh, Infinity War. I like how they ended it. Like because now you have everybody who's seen it wondering. Like you have like the whole. Keep your phone. You have everybody in the like comic book fans, movie fans alike trying to figure out. They got everybody buzzed, buzzing right now. Like, all right, so what's gonna happen next? Like, who, like, who's gonna be in? Who's gonna be in the next Infinity War? Like, where are they gonna start? What, like, there's just so many questions. Like, one of my theories, I thought um, Adam Warlock was gonna make it. And, and you know, as a lot of you comic book fans know, Adam Warlock is one of like. The, one of the original wielders of the Infinity Gauntlet. And like, I wonder if he's going to be in there, but I think I've seen reports saying that he wouldn't be in the next Infinity War, which, I mean, it's alright. It is what it is. I'm kind of curious to see um, how um, Captain Marvel plays into this and if they use like Marvel and et cetera and so forth. I'm kind of curious to see what, what they're going to do to beat Thanos. Like, there's just so much speculation. Like, I'm. I'm wondering what's gonna happen. Like I'm just like I said, I can't wait for next year to see it. And alright, there's Infinity War. And also I can't wait to see um I can't wait to see Deadpool 2 this week. So I'll probably go see that Friday or Saturday. That's gonna probably be my, my movie to watch. Yes, I love comic book movies as we all know. I'm a big comic book fan. And like I said, I'm going to do another episode dedicated to like my comic books and just comic book Marvel DC talk. I'm going to do another episode for that and like Funko Pops and Overwatch. Once I get myself like situated like mentally. So like I said, I'm sorry. Like I said, I've been kind of away. And I say, I digress. And my next topic that I want to talk about is... WWE Backlash. Bruh. WWE Backlash was awful. It was bad. Like, outside of, like, Miz and Seth Rollins, 
Miz and Seth Rollins having like the best match on the card. But the rest of the show was just disaster. It was like trash. Not even like hot, it wasn't even just like hot garbage. It was like that raw organic rhinoceros shit. Like the discipline. I to be honest, how they had um, and it's like it's bad that they've had two AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura matches ending like screwy finishes. And this one, this one to me might have been worse than the Greatest Royal Rumble one, because the great the at least the Greatest Royal Rumble one made sense. to like, all right, let's keep this feud going. The one at Backlash made no sense because there was a double countout and a no disqualification match. Like, how do you have a how do you have a double count out or double dis or disqualification and a no disqualification match? Like I did just I didn't really get the logic behind that. But I guess they're gonna was, I guess it's their way of trying to keep that feud going. But I guess I just didn't see the logic behind it. Um The main event, which I think AJM Nakamura should have went on last. I hate that like WWE's doing this whole idea of, like, putting Roman Reigns as last. No disrespect to Roman, by any means. Like, I'm not like most of you, I'm not like every other wrestling fan who hates Roman. I don't hate him, but I am at this point kind of just aggravated that they keep trying to, like, just push him, give him this monster push, knowing that, like, fans aren't really in, they're not buying it. The fans are not buying this guy. Either turn him heel or do something. Do something else with him besides trying to give, keep, doing the same push that's not working for him. Like, and that's the problem. Like, the fans can see through what the what WWE's doing with Roman. I don't think it's Roman personally. I don't think it's, like I said, if, I don't think it's Roman Reigns personally. Like, it's, it's not him. Like I said, it's just, if he was booked better, I'm pretty sure people would probably, people would more than likely cheer Roman. But they don't, they haven't booked him. They booked him the same way for, like, the past few years. And, like I said, just people are tired of it. People want to see something different, which, like I say, I completely understand. And I just hate how they, like, had my boy Joe completely whoop Roman's ass for the whole match, and then he gets two spears off and wins. It was reminiscent to when Brock Lesnar fought uh, just, uh, John Cena a few years back at Backlash, and he beat him up. Like, Brock Lesnar whooped his ass most of the match. Then Cena gets two moves and wins the match. I I don't like finishes like that. Like I don't like how they keep my. I don't like how they keep trying to keep putting Roman like in the title pictures. Like, dude, he's had two shots at trying to beat Brock for the belt, and he has it. Like, just give it. Let somebody else have a chance at the belt. Like hell, Braun Strowman is white hot right now with the crowd. Seth freaking Rollins is white hot with the crowd. Like, Seth Rollins, honestly, is the best wrestler that they have. Right, he's, like, the best. He's the main reason why a lot of people watch Raw. He's, to me, the best roster, wrestler on the Raw roster right now. Because, like, he's had great matches. But him having that match with Mojo Rawley on Raw actually proved that, like, this man could probably have a good match with anybody. But, yeah, Backlash was trash. I suggest a lot of it was really predictable slash just really bad hot shot booking. And like I said, hopefully the next pay-per-view they do, yeah, they might 
Hopefully they change it up or do something different. Oh, and another thing. I do not like how they like how they put both Raw and SmackDown on the same pay-per-views now. I don't like the co-branded pay-per-views idea. Because when you had Raw pay-per-views and SmackDown exclusive pay-per-views, I felt like everybody had like the time to shine, had a chance to at least do something. When you do that, you don't give everybody as much time. It takes I feel like it takes away. But like I said, maybe maybe there's some kind of cost reasoning or something behind it. And like I said, they there's probably their reason of doing that. <sighs> and like I said, my next episode I'll probably go into more like wrestling related things and talk about more WWE stuff. And right, Ring of Honor, New Japan. Cause I'm, I gotta start catching up on that stuff because I'm so far behind on like, especially New Japan. When I was watching a lot of that Saturday, like I watched um, Omega and uh, who was it? Omega and what's the dude name? Abushi, Kota Abushi. They teamed up. I face uh, Cody and Hangman Jack or Hang Hangman something. And like I said, Cody number one, pretty good. And then I watched Okada and um, Zack Saber Jr., which was. A phenomenal match because if you haven't seen that one look that one up that was a really good match I'm kind of I can't wait to see uh, I can't think of his name off the top of my head Tanahashi Tanahashi and uh, Okada if they ever meet up I can't wait to see that one I'm really excited for Naito and Chris Jericho I gotta watch some of Naito and uh, Naito's kind of I like Naito just cuz like he's his character just seems like he, like he doesn't give a shit about anything. And I was like, all right, that's kind of a cool character. But I can't wait to see him and Jericho go at it whenever they wrestle. And to all those wrestling fans that, like, they hate WWE, they say they hate WWE, dude. And, like, they said there's nothing else. Dude, there's plenty of other, like, wrestling. There's plenty of other, plenty of other wrestling things out there that you can watch. Impact, from what I hear, like I'm. Impact has gotten a lot better, from what I've heard. Like I haven't watched Impact in a while, but Impact has gotten better. You have New Ring of Honor, you have PWG, PWX, New Japan. Like there are so many, like there's so many wrestling like things out there that you can watch. Like if you feel like WWE, if you don't feel like you're getting what you want from WWE, like there's other outlets. Hell, the um, new NWA with, that's run by Billy Corgan. Apparently, that's that's really good too. So, so there's there's plenty of other outlets. Okay, folks, I think that'll be it for me. Hopefully, um, I'm gonna try to come in next month or next Sunday. Tune in next Sunday to have a new episode. Of Who is Mr. Slade? Mr. Slade out. Peace.